This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Our podcast is titled Two Guys in a River, but today we ought to call it Two Guys in a Lake. Dave and I are going to talk about fly fishing lakes. Dave, what's the hardest adjustment you have had to make when fly fishing a lake? I just need to admit up front that I haven't fished a lot in lakes. Now there was a stretch of time when I lived in Colorado years ago that I did fish lakes more. There was a high mountain lake that I found in the collegiate wilderness. Uh, I think it was north and west of Buena Vista, Colorado. But my expertise is really thin. And so, you know, to me in some ways, Fishing a high mountain lake is a lot like fishing a, one of those beaver dam, uh, huh. beaver ponds. That's actually. a good analogy. Um, partly because there's no obvious current, and you have to get down deep into that pond or into that lake if you're going to catch fish. I would say that the you know if we're I'm going to be honest that the the first adjustment for me is that I really don't understand the insects like I do in a smaller creek or river. I remember several months ago when you and I visited Gary Borger and uh, he showed us his damselfly, and I realized well. I've never used a damselfly <laughs> before. And he talked about, well, that's what you use it in, in lakes. And, and so understanding the ecosystem and the hatches and how they work, it's related to rivers, obviously, but it's nuanced. And I think for me, that's the hardest thing about uh, fly fishing a lake. Yeah, you're right. It really is. I think for me, another factor is just the vastness of a lake and, and there's no current. You know, you can read a river. You can look at a river and kind of figure out, okay, I know where the trout are going to lie, but good night. Where do you even begin with a lake? Uh, and, and there's no current. Well, actually, sometimes there is, but you know, when you're just looking out over this lake, it's like, well, what do I do now? Well, let's talk about some of the different approaches to fly fishing lakes. How do you go about fly fishing a lake? Well, I think the most obvious and first way is through bank fishing and wading. Um, the high mountain lake that I fly fished when I was in Colorado was called Harrison Flats. It's in the collegiate wilderness. It takes about you know, two to three, four hours to get there, to hike there. Uh, it sits above the timberline. And, um, and so you can wade it and you can um, bank fish it. What's unique about Harrison Flats is there are no trees because you are above the timberline. And so, um, you know, you can wade deep into it, but you have to be really careful because it's a small lake. Uh, you have no protection so they can see you. And, but bank fishing and, and wade fishing is definitely a legitimate way to fish, uh, fish a high mountain lake. Yeah, you do need to use longer leaders, don't you? A little bit lighter tippet, and and uh, you really do have to, to cast as flawlessly as you can. I think lake fishing puts your, you know, fly fishing skills on display. And when wade fishing, you know, I, you want as much distance with precision as you can muster. And I think distance and precision, at least as it relates to my fly casting, 
That's an oxymoron. <laughs> there are two words that don't go together, distance oh, wow. and precision. Well, I've, I've done a lot of bank fishing and in some cases wading a little bit in uh, some of the lakes up in Rocky Mountain National Park. I, I love a couple of my favorites up the Fern Lake Trailhead are Spruce Lake. And then from there, it's a, it's a pretty stiff climb up to Loomis. But uh, those are both good lakes. I, I fish the lock and sky pond up above Mills. And... With all of those, you don't have to have super long cast, and uh, you'll still catch fish. Uh, it's a little bit like a big river. A lot of the fish uh, are, are a lot closer to you than, than you think. You don't heave it out in the middle. Uh, they're, they're sometimes cruising the shoreline. Well, actually, that's a myth, I think, of lake fishing, is that you know, the further out, or farther out, excuse me, uh, that you get, the more fish you catch. There's a lot of great bank fishing along the edges uh, in which you catch great amount of fish. Right. So you've got bank fishing and wading. Uh, You can also fish from a boat, Uh, not a drift boat, but I I remember fishing uh, Henry's Lake, not far from Yellowstone Park, uh, with a friend of mine. He had a a motorboat and uh, he just we used a trolling motor that day and we had uh, I think our nine foot six weight rods we put uh, you know big old uh, streamers on the end of those and, and enough weight to get them down and we just uh, and we, we, we trolled it was really uh, I mean we, we were barely moving but uh, you know you can do that uh, another very popular way to fly fish lakes would be float tubing and I actually got into that a little bit when I lived in Montana near Bozeman I had a friend who uh, you know, was really into float tubing, and so I went out and bought a, a cheap float tube, and I would go with him up to uh, Highlight Reservoir. So we had the float tube. You have to get the, the flippers. and You know, I actually remember doing that. Yeah, that's right. Again. We went up. Yeah, we, you and I went out on, on that reservoir one day. And there were times of the year, especially in the fall, when that could be uh, really good when the, the water level dropped. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's not that expensive to, to get a, a float tube. And, of course, you'll be using your waders. Uh, you do need to get the flippers, but they're not that expensive either. I don't remember catching anything. Have you, did you do do well on the highlight? There were certain days where I did well, but then yeah, other days I didn't. And I remember that day you and I fished it. The water was pretty high, and it was in the middle of summer, and we just didn't yeah, we just didn't do well that day. Yeah, but okay. I caught some really nice uh, uh, cutthroats, uh, and then uh, even a few big brook trout uh, in that. So it's. Yeah, you can always consider float tubing as well. Uh, you you want to be careful. I would still wear a, a you know, a, a life preserver, you know, vest. Uh, in addition to your float tube, usually that float tube is in two compartments. So if one of them gets popped, you still have another one. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to wear a life preserver. But that can be a lot of fun, and you can uh, you can get to where you need to be. The other thing is to remember to fish the inlet and the outlet of the lake. Absolutely. And in fact, that's often the first place I will go. <laughs> yeah, then if we don't have to fish the lake, all the better. We just fish the stream. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. there often is a run right there, or you can see uh, uh, some sort of hole. And I mean, you kind of know where the fish are going to be. So um, definitely fish the inlet or the outlet if you're near that. Obviously, if you're on a larger lake, you may not be there, but um, um, that's very important. Yeah, that's good advice. So, do you fish dry flies on the surface or wet flies, nymphs or streamers below? So both, right? You need to know what works best 
and what to use on the lake. Obviously, if there's a hatch going on, you want to fish on top of the water, but often there's not. So you've got to, sometimes you're fishing, you know, those big woolly boogers. Remember we used to fish those? Yeah. Uh-huh. In fact, I, I did that on Highlight. My friend got me onto this. We would take two rods, you know, on our float tube, and, and one was rigged up with these, we use these, kind of these big Matamex. They kind of look like hoppers. And and sometimes there were, I forget what it was, it was rising on, you know, that was emerging on that. And you had to be fast. So we would, you know, you'd be fishing, stripping a streamer, and then all of a sudden the hatch starts and, and we'd switch rods. So you, you're right, you, you can you can do both. You have to switch back and forth. I do think you have to adjust your tackle. Uh, when I fish the highlight with you, is it, what do you call that? The highlight? Yeah, highlight reservoir. Uh-huh. When I fish that, I remember thinking, I wish I had a shorter rod. I'm not sure why mm. it was. Um, but I had a hard time casting in that float tube. Yeah, I think because you're, you're down in, you are submerged to your, uh, you know, above your waist, maybe not quite to your chest. So, yeah, it's like you're, you're sitting down like you're, it's almost like you're a three-foot person standing beside the bank. Yeah, yeah. It, it was awkward. Because you're found, not that far above yeah. the surface of the water. Yeah. yeah, I really found it to be awkward. Yep. And you're right. You do need to adjust uh, what you use. Uh, a lot of times uh, you, you just have to get down deep. I mean, it's it's different than getting getting to the bottom of the Yellowstone is different than getting to the bottom of a, you know, of a lake that can be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 30 feet deep. So you, you've got to pile the split shot on. Or if you fish lakes frequently enough, uh, get a get a sinking tip uh, on the end of one of your lines. And so you'll just have your your standard fly line, but then there's a you know there's actually a sinking tip on it that's that's uh, I, I, the way I would describe it. It's just like a thin uh, you know thin line of of weight, and and, and that gets you down there and there's there's different grades and and you can tell when it's just going to a fly shop they'll, they'll help you with it and you can you can get the one that will sink so many feet per second and uh, and that's really helpful because then you know okay I have to let this sink for three seconds or four seconds before I start stripping it in you know the, the disadvantage is you're, you're paying for uh, another uh, fly line and, and at least a spool um, you know if, if you want a backup reel you can buy the whole shot but at least a spool with that fly line and then the sink tip on the end of it but if you fish lakes enough that's uh, that's well worth it well uh, dave any funny stories from uh, fly fishing lakes that you can uh, tell us well in one of our episodes that we published recently you called me the drama king <laughs> and that's that hurt right me I did. so so deeply I'm why sorry. was why was it that you called me that again i think it was because Every time we go out, you're always wondering whether I'm actually going to come back. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. You're always either, falling in or doing something. Or locking Something keys. entertaining. Or something entertaining. Yeah. Right? So, but I would say that, um, you know, my stories are more fun stories. Uh, where we fished at Harrison Flats, for example, um, getting to Harrison Flat was a lot of work. And sometimes we take a shortcut. And there was this, um, when I first went to Harrison Flat, I was being led by a teenager who had fished and he couldn't quite remember where the lake was, oh. right? So we didn't look on a map. We didn't have oh, GPS no. back in the day. <laughs> so we're in the collegiate wilderness, and I think it was Mount Huron. But we ended up climbing 
almost to the top of Mount Huron before he goes, hey, you know what? I think it's on this other ridge. And so we had to go all the way back down. And then we went, by that time it was evening, and we had to climb this avalanche chute to get to Harrison Flats. And so through the years, I'd go back up the avalanche chute. But, it, you know, it was this very steep uh, part of the mountain where the avalanche had come through, you know, probably 20, 30 years ago Man. and wiped out all the trees. So there's these huge trees that were snapped off. And you had to pick your way up, and it was literally almost straight up oh, but the wow. reason you did it is because psychologically you said well i could take the extra mile or two and go the long way or go up this uh, you know ostensibly shorter way but that's how we always got to harrison <laughs> flat <laughs> wow. so you know by the time you got there you're exhausted because you're carrying your pack and you have your gear and but one of the great moments of the harrison flat was now, this is back in the day where I didn't catch and release all my fish. Most of the fish, we, you know, we would catch and then release. But when you're up there, we, you know, would be there for a day or two. And I remember catching some of those thin cutthroats, those mm. native cuts up there, and then cooking them on the fire. Yeah, it's all right to eat a few. And, sure. uh, you know, we did it in butter and we did it with, you know, with we had brought some lemons along. I think we even brought oh. some Mountain Dew along. Oh, man. What a <laughs> and, feast. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was wow. a feast. But it was so good. And um, that's my memory of fishing High Mountain Lakes. Oh, man. How about you? You know, I remember once on Highlight Reservoir, and I think my friend Jerry was there with me, but I, I hooked into a, a re- it turned out to be a really nice cutthroat, probably about 18, 19 inches. And these things were fat. They were like footballs. And, and man, would they fight. Well, you know, I had this cutthroat on, and it literally kept spinning me in a circle. I mean, I'm in this float tube and, you know, I'd, I'd get it in close and then it would take off and, and it, it just started going around in a circle. So I'm going around in a circle and then I think it went under the float tube. And so I'm trying to spin around so that it, it's, uh, you know, it's out in front of me. And I tell you what, if you think casting is hard when you're only a couple of feet above the surface of the water, try netting a fish. And yeah. I think by the time I got that thing in, I, I was wasted. It's was like, okay, I'm I'm done for the day. I've been I'm dizzy from spinning and I'm worn out from landing. And you have those flippers on, and yeah. you're like the, the whole thing is awkward. I think oh. fishing in a float tube is awkward. I know it, it is. You have to get used to it. I, I will say that the more you do it, uh, the more you'll get used to it, and and, and it is a fun way. You can uh, you can hit a lot of uh, areas of a lake that you'd be surprised even if you don't have a boat. Um, Hundred bucks spent on a float tube is a lot cheaper than a, you know, than a boat. So, how would you summarize how to approach a lake? You know, I'd say this: kind of, kind of look at it like you do a, a river. Again, saying that uh, you, you don't have to cover the whole thing; that you don't have to, you know, to heave a cast out in, in the middle. That, that a lot of the fish may be uh, along the, you know, the shore. There will definitely be some. Um, you know, you hopefully you do a little bit of research, do some reading, or talk to some folks at a fly shop, and you know, find out what the fish are taking. But, but at the end of the day, you, you kind of have to look at that lake break it down into sections and and say you know hey i it's just like a big river i'm, I'm just gonna fish the the little channel at the side and you know you'd be content with that and and you'd be surprised you can have some good success i would i would say um i have had more luck in the evenings especially with hatches mm-hmm. and also when there's just a little bit of wind right so um, yeah that can help kind of keeps the surface from being so glassy and, and it's a little bit easier to cast right not yeah. too much yeah wind, too much wind uh, is, is uh, difficult so 
but you're right, just a little bit in the surface. Well, that'll do it for today. Uh, do you have any tips or insights for fly fishing lakes? If so, we'd love to hear them. Uh, please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link, twoguysinariver.com. What have you learned about fly fishing a lake as opposed to a river? And also, as always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. And also subscribe to our podcast feed uh, via iTunes if you have an iPhone or Stitcher if you have a Droid. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a lake. Nah, we're still two guys in a river. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.